Welcome, welcome to, uh, I think you'd be into it, the podcast about your faves, back from two years hiatus and only took being stuck inside all the goddamn time to bring us back. Um, for those of you who don't remember, I am one of your hosts, Beth Scorzato. And, and I'm your other host, Brandon Beck. Um, we're, d- due to quarantine situations, we're recording this from different rooms in the house, uh, which still feels weird to me. But we're all going to make it work. Our guest today, welcome back, Brett White. Thank you for coming back on this show. Uh, we last talked to Brett about 90s X-Men, and it was a rad episode that you guys can all go look. Hi, Brett. Hi. Is this my second or third? Did we do one about old sitcoms? Uh, no, I, di- I did your show. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Like, I feel like at some point we talked about news radio, but that actually might have come up. On we the X Men one, to be honest, <laughs> like I feel like it would just come up anywhere. It'll come up today, I know. <laughs> and and I had done an episode of Must Have Seen about Bewitched. I think. I dream of Genie. Right. Yes. Well, Brett, thank you for uh, thank you for coming back today. Thank y'all for having me. It's nice to have a cross country chat, uh, even though I haven't left my apartment in a month. Actually, like six weeks at this point. I mean, honestly, we're closing in on two months. Whatever. What is time? God, I have no idea. I hate everything. (sighs) But today we're going to talk about when you can leave your house. Although you've been doing pretty good of like actually getting dressed every day. I have not. I'm trying. It's been, uh, I, I've fallen off, I've fallen off the wagon or fallen on the wagon. If the wagon is not giving a shit anymore, I'm on that. (laughs) 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 I'm like, uh, I've been on that wagon for 33 years, baby. Whoa. It's off the rails. (laughs) Why is your wagon on rails? Uh, Well, our wagons. It's like a minecart ride. (laughs) Yeah, it's a minecart. I was going to, yeah, it's like Indiana Jones. It's Temple of Doom in it. (laughs) I'm just imagining you now on like a little wagon going through the Temple of Doom trying to sell them like ascots. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm just like taking them off of the boulders as I go past them. That's what it is. Yeah. Before you sacrifice me to your volcano god, can I tell you about Golden Girls? Oh, are you into that? <laughs> uh, n- he doesn't uh, no. know. That was that was uh, that was a that was a bit. Oh. <laughs> it's my life. He doesn't know. He doesn't know the joy of the Golden Girls. Yeah, I really This is the time. I know this is. I, I need to. I need to jump on the uh, Golden Girls train. All right. So next week, Brandon thinks he's going to be into is going to be Golden Girls. Uh, yep. Good. But this week, so um, for our listeners at home, since we are uh, pre-recording quite a few of these uh, up front, uh, there's the eternal struggle that some of you may remember if you've listened to us before, where I have to come up with something I'm into every week, and I uh, can barely do that on a weekly basis. Uh, let alone daily, which is what I'm going to have to do right now. <laughs> yeah, we're recording nine of these fuckers in a week. <gasps> hey, I just did that with Must Have Seen TV. Woo! Hell yeah. So, I recorded like five in a week. You must have seen it all by now. No, man. Still got so much more to see. My eyes are open. <laughs> I still spent so long just looking at my Netflix going, what the fuck is any of this? What am I doing? <laughs> Well, what are you into this week, Brandon? Uh, well, this week, I'm glad you asked. Oh boy, he was ready. There's a little rock and roll band you maybe have heard of called Fish, spelled with a P-H. Crazy, I know, right? <laughs> um, oh, I thought that since it's been so long, you were going to go all Wolfpack on us. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save uh, Wolfpack for another day. Uh, this, this Stick week, with the girl that brought you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna dance with the girl that brought me. Uh, the boys in Fish, Vermont's finest rock and roll band, uh, surprise dropped a new album a couple weeks ago on April uh, on April first called Sigma Oasis, and you know, I'll cop to not having been super into it the first time I heard it. They uh, they streamed it on April Fools, um, and I thought it was fine. Uh, thought it was a, a joke. Yeah, not even. It's not even that I thought right? it was a April joke. Okay, truly, he was actually <laughs> concerned a little bit because they are kind of notorious trolls. And at first, he got really <laughs> excited about them dropping a new album. And then, when everybody realized it was on April first, there was a lot of anxiety in the fish community. <laughs> yeah, there there was a there was a meme going around. Uh, 
that was like, you know, when Fish is going to drop an album on April Fool's, and it's a, a picture of Mayor Quimby from The Simpsons going, people were all scared and horny. <laughs> um, Pretty but much. no, they, they dropped a new they dropped a new record called Sigma Oasis, and I I didn't I didn't love it the first time ish I listened to it, but I think it, it's Fish operating in their more serious mode, which honestly, if you've ever listened to Fish, might be the way to jump in. These are all relatively accessible and sort of timely uh, songs, kind of about like distance and paranoia oh, and uh you know a lot of things that they don't usually write about and it, it, it it's an interesting turn for them having just released a concept album as a fake band a couple years ago oh. uh and i i tend to prefer fish when they're weirder but like if you if you ever wanted to after what 30 Eight thirty-nine episodes of me talking about them. If you ever wanted to get into fish, now my now would be like a legitimately good time to jump on. And my, uh, if my... you haven't wanted to get into fish after thirty-eight, thirty-nine episodes of it, this is still not your moment. No, 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 no. The track I would recommend most <laughs> is called Steam, and it it, it yeah, but that's pulls not a lot one of, of the new imagery ones. from uh, Stephen King's The Stand, or I'm sorry, The Dark Tower. Anyway, uh, Brett, what's the thing you're into this week? See how I'm still procrastinating? Well, this is only because of work. Oh, no, 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 no. I won't do that one. I'll do one I'm actually into. The Circle France. Oh, really? <laughs> On Netflix. I the watched the English the one, and I have not watched the Brazil one yet. I started watching the English one because I couldn't look away because it felt like society jumping the shark. But then I yeah. was like, it became legitimately, like, interesting. <laughs> Yep, that's it's it's a when so the cert, what is wild is watching Brazil and France. You realize that somehow America, compared to the other two, is the wholesome sweethearts of the franchise. Which <laughs> under no circumstances would I ever think that America would come across that way. But like Brazil, the majority yeah, of them are catfishing. Not coming across good anywhere else right now. No, definitely not. The circle is the only place we have a leg up. Um. So the Brazil is like everyone is catfishing and everyone is just like very straightforward and like angry. But France is that is also not like not as many catfish, but everyone is very direct. Uh, they start a lot more fights and also the strategy and alliances and manipulation, manipulative gameplay in France is some of the most intense I like have seen. And it, it takes until... So there are 12 episodes in the season. It's not until episode five when this new player shows up. And their whole thing is just master manipulation, but they're also kind of stupid. <laughs> like, it's it's a pair of twin, it's twin brothers, and one of them doesn't know what soap is, and the other one has to explain, yeah, that is soap. You wash dishes with it. Like, oh my god! Stupid. But but reminds but, but me like, in the English one of the guy who's there with his mom. Yeah, God, I did not like that guy. Um, but yeah, Circle France, it takes a while to get into, but like once episode five hits and that new player enters, the next seven episodes are like nail biting. Like I, the way that they just puppet master so many people, it's really fascinating. And it kind of becomes a little bit like a thriller where like people, like a person will get wise to their scheme. And then you're basically just like hoping that, they can tell everyone else about the scheme before they themselves are blocked. And it like, it gets wild. So it's really good. So <laughs> that show, the night you were, you started watching it, love, it, it seemed like the mm -hmm. most stressful show in the world to me. Yeah. He couldn't be in the room when I was watching it the entire season. <laughs> think, he could not be in the room. I think it's only stressful if you're catfishing. Like I've, I've applied. So I, I submitted my application while I'm in quarantine. Um, and my whole strategy would just be going in and just being myself because that way it is a three week vacation essentially because you're fair. just being yourself. So you don't have to keep up with like all the lies. But if I was going in as catfishing as like a 20 year old Instagram influencer, it would be a nightmare. Well, I oh, mean, yeah. cause that for, would be for, terrible for me. It was the fact that the thrill of that show is in the moment between sending a message and then waiting for a response. Oh yeah. And that to me is the most stressful part of existence. <laughs> okay, Beth, yeah. enough procrastinating. It's your turn. Uh, uh, it's still DuckTales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's been two years and it's still DuckTales. It's still so good. Actually, season three started a few weeks ago, so that's part of it. Uh, and God, we have Della now, and it's just, the show is so well written, and they're starting to bring in some of the more, like, duck-verse expanded universe kind of stuff. They've got Fowl in there now. Uh, Darkwing Duck was in there. Uh, in the previous episode, they had the Rescue Rangers in the most yes. throwaway possible way you could possibly oh, have. No. It was amazing. I want more Rescue Rangers. <laughs> I hope they come back now that they've established them. I hope they show up again. But uh, the way they introduced them and used them was incredibly funny and also meant they didn't actually have to cast any voice actors. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, the, the episode before... Uh, was a whole riff on Quack Pack from the... Which the Brandon 90s. was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it was an almost violent kick to the throat of nostalgia. <laughs> I'm only on... I'm halfway... I might be almost done with season one uh, now that I have Disney+, Plus, but I need to add that to my list of rotating sitcoms and random weird things I'm watching. It's got one of the best voice casts on TV. Oh, God, yeah. Oh yeah, it's incredible. It's still incredible, guys. I'm still on the Ducktales train. Still on the Ducktales train. Choo-choo. Of course, now I've burned Ducktales in this first one. Now I'm gonna have to think of other things. Damn it! Ha-ha. Whatever. <laughs> Let's talk about the subject of the show. <laughs> We're here to talk today about getting into fashion, which is a thing Woo. that seems really intimidating for a lot of people. I think. I think we're often very overwhelmed by the idea of fashion, and I know that you've. Brett found great ways mm-hmm. to kind of find your way into that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about like your journey there? Oh my we've god! We've known you for well, a while. So... Well, I mean, we've known you for a while, and like you've definitely upped your <laughs> game in the past few years, figured out what it is you like, and just said, "Fuck it." I'm yeah. Gonna <laughs> yeah. I mean, I um, always have worn clothes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. One um, would hope. No, uh, yeah, I don't Look, know. I've it's, always um, worn clothes too, but when the dress code is set by the dude in the office with the cargo shorts, fashion isn't what you call it. Absolutely, that's the low oh. bar. No, 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 no. I, I, I have issues with dress codes. Like that's uh, no, uh, no dress codes. Abolish all dress codes. Um, <laughs> people should yeah. wear what they want to wear. Uh, um, I, I don't. It's. I've always been a visual person. I'm trying to just think of like the easiest way in because I think it is all part of the visual language that I have in my brain of like, to me, it's all of a piece. I love comic books and I love movies and television. I love, and you know, I think that dressing is also in that same type of like aesthetic thing. Uh, And so I've always been drawn. I've always had strong opinions about what I like to wear, and it was really in high school, like high school when I when Weezer released the Green album. Hell yeah! <laughs> and, I, and it like so like the one two punch of Weezer's Green album and the Strokes is this it really just um, solidified. Oh, I'm gonna actually care. I'm gonna really care, uh, and start. You know, I went through a phase of wearing multiple belts. Um, if, if anyone, I don't know if that was like a regional thing, but it was like a very like. Uh, no, it was definitely, kind of yeah, I was, yeah. I was going to say, no, that was a thing for sure when I was in high school, uh, yeah. especially if you were of the uh, kind of people I, I was of the kind of people that listened to like Simple Plan. Uh. <laughs> so like when I got the, so like college was a, was like this um, constant competition, friendly competition with all my friends because we were all like. We were all DJs at the college radio station, which I feel like explains who we were. <laughs> oh, I yeah. was too. So was Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> so like we all loved, you know, 70s, 70s rock and post-punk and uh, like the Beatles and the Kinks. And I don't want to get I don't want to get too off on a tangent. What was your college radio show? Uh, so I hosted one of my friends, Nicole and Susie, during the school year called Three's Company. And it was just the three of us alternating. Like, we would play a song, and then the other person would kind of, like, respond to that song. We all have broadly similar tastes in music, so there was a continuity. Um, but then in the summers, when I was when I hosted my solo show, it was the Bob Newhart show. Nice. nice. And it was just me playing whatever I wanted, uh, which was mostly... The Bob Newhart show with Brett White? Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yep. That's always been a thing. Going to, like, concerts and stuff, it would always be, you know, who has found the coolest vintage t-shirt or you know vintage like dress for my friends that would go and like get like mod dresses and stuff it was all very 60s and 70s and 
And then, like, I don't know, it wasn't until, it's like, you can, I kind of got, like, a holding pattern for a long time, and it wasn't until Instagram came around, uh, and you can start getting, like, immediate feedback, the dopamine hit of a like and stuff, that I started really documenting it. I mean, it was 2016 when I started documenting, like, what I was wearing every day, um, and I think, you know, when you start posting more of your outfit outfit pics, it's the Instagram algorithm starts suggesting more men that are doing the same. And so then it just has spiraled into like a, God, like three and a half year rabbit hole of just trying to learn more and be more, um, I don't know, cognizant of the history of it and uh, trying out new things. And then also, you know, I mean, I now have a podcast about it. Yeah, I was going to say, you've taken that and you now kind of have these conversations we're trying to have with you, with uh, yeah. with other people. <laughs> and and so what's that been like to just kind of be able to explore this this world with people? <laughs> it's weird because like, the, so like, this is my third podcast and it's the first one that I started with the explicit purpose of like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And that is very nerve wracking because I... Um, love being an authority on shit. <laughs> and like Matt and Brett love comics is about comic books. And I know I'm like, a huge comic book person and the must have seen TV is about sitcoms. And I know a lot about that. And then this was, oh no, I want to learn more about, you know, actually taking menswear and then also just fashion and style in general more seriously. So I was talking, you know, talking to people that know more than I do and asking them the dumb questions that they don't talk about on their show because they're talking to people that already know that stuff. <laughs> I started listening to a bunch of menswear podcasts and it was all people that already know all the basics talking, you know, a couple grades ahead of me. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to step back and talk about some basic, more basic stuff. Well, on that, on that, what we're pretty stupid. Uh, I'm a lady and also uh, don't care because I'm a trash human. But Brandon, he tries, he's actually been making a nice quarantine effort. He's got a collared shirt on right now. Oh, that's better than I do. This this is the collared shirt that I slept in and wore yesterday. He did sleep in it. I was trying to give you credit. You kind of threw yourself under the bus there, all right? Oh, that's my whole brand. <laughs> no, babe, throwing you under the bus is my whole brand. Welcome to the dunk zone. It never left. <laughs> Your brand is getting run over. Yeah, there you go. Hell yeah. Brand is getting run the fuck over. Uh yeah, I mean, so if somebody was interested in your in your now semi-professional opinion, which I think you can credit, uh sure. yeah. if someone was looking to kind of what what is a good resource you think for if somebody is like, "Oh my god, I think I want to dress nicer, but I don't even know where to begin." God. Well, I so like for people that are interested in menswear, which are people all along the gender spectrum that want to, you know, dress in traditional menswear things, I think put this on, which is Jesse Thorne's, you know, podcast, uh, podcasting hero Jesse Thorne's blog that he runs. Um, well, he, other people now write for it, like he started it. Uh, it has a lot of very good, like, starter tools of like, you know, the basics you need, the different kinds of, you know, what what uh different type of shirts and like go with different occasions and like things like you know best places to find like your mid-level brands like not you know mall but not designer like what are the middle of the row kind of things they have a lot of those really good guides and i think and i've done a lot of looking there i also think that a lot of i think a lot of so like a lot of the podcasts that I listen to done by people that know more than me and then my podcast as well. And that's also kind of my ethos is to kind of just do what you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the unifying thing amongst all the fashion and style stuff that I think is good is it is trying to preach, do what you want to do. Like find, find your rabbit hole and just fucking trip down it and just, you know, keep tumbling <laughs> um, yeah. and, and kind of everyone else be damned in a way. Like I, I wear like ties and sport coats and blazers and, you know, ascots and shit to my office where there is, there's no reason to <laughs> like at all. Um, I mean, I write about television. So. Yeah. But I think a big part of like fashion and dressing in general is, and, and I learned this, I think more when I came to LA weirdly than in New York. Um, that like, I don't know, nobody really gives as much of a fuck as you think. People are no. always like, with it, like people in general always assume that another person knows what they're doing. Like, yeah. 
it, it's it's one of those things I learned in general about like getting away with things too. If you just act like you meant to be doing it and you know what you're doing, other people, ninety nine percent of other people are not going to be the like your mom out there, the the general, the royal <laughs> your mom that's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Like they're they're going to assume that you're doing it on purpose and you're supposed to be there. Most people don't want to start a confrontation, and that includes about what you're wearing. Like yeah, exactly. Like and honestly, they don't give like a, fuck. a lot of. A lot of the hangups that I would have about what I wanted to wear all actually literally did come from my mom or my family or the people that when you were like leaving to go hang out with people who were like, wait, hold on. What is this? You know, that kind of talk, uh, which like and I think you were 100 percent correct that people generally don't want to be confrontational. But to the one percent of assholes out there that do want to be confrontational, you all everyone, every human that wears clothes knows the feeling of a day when you put on a clothing item and then you went out in the world and one person, be they a stranger or be they, you know, your boss or your best friend commented on it negatively. It is like it tattoos and it's the it. the only thing you can on, think about for the rest of your it's life. It's the only yep. thing you can ever think about. And so when it comes down to like saying something negative about something someone's wearing, don't. Because you are honestly going to be scarlet lettering that piece of clothing for the rest of their life. Yeah. Like, unless it's legitimately, like, something has happened and you're like, uh, bro, that shit ripped, I can see your ass. Like, don't yeah. say it. <laughs> can you guys see my ass, though? Well, I can't because you don't have video chat on, so. Yeah, you're in the other room. You told me I had to be in here because you were worried about noise bleed. Yeah, I, it's because I was secretly worried about my ass. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always secretly worried about your ass, babe. Um, but... Anyway, well, no. And the other thing, too, I learned about coming to L.A. is that, like, whenever I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be, like, dressed so extra or people are going to, like, notice. I'm never the most extra person in L.A. So, like, I don't know what the fuck I was worried about. Also, I think quarantine has been very liberating in a way for fashion because people (laughs) who have uh, just decided to start venturing out in sweatpants and shit have realized literally no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. (laughs) No one gives a shit. All these people who were always so worried about how they were going to look in public. No one cares. Just don't Your touch look them. the other day was awesome. You're like into the yeah, world fighter I, uh, pilot look. I finally got myself <laughs> a jumpsuit that I really wanted oh. forever. Uh, See, that's a cool, that is a good statement piece that I feel like is intimidating for a lot of people to jump into. And mm-hmm. once you make that first jump, you're going to keep on jumping. That's yeah. what <laughs> I have some jumpsuits. I have some like nicer jumpsuits that I've definitely worn before, but I didn't ever have like a casual one. I've had some rompers, which for those of you who don't know the difference, a, uh, a jumpsuit is long pants and romper is shorts. Uh, didn't Brandon get a romper? We tried to get him to get a romper several times. The Brandon Get a Romper campaign is still strong. I have tried on several rompers at Target. It seems like you have a romper personality, and I mean that as a compliment. I, you know, I re- I really do appreciate that. I feel more seen than I ever have before. Um, you know, I realize when I took a picture of it, I couldn't pull off a romper, and neither could Adam Conover. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to bail. The other worry is that is that exact thing of like can you pull it off which i feel like is to quote rupaul like your own inner saboteur uh in your voice um in in your head yeah if it's on your body you can pull it off yeah man go get that romper find another one i don't romp him folded but there's gotta be more they were too good for this well they were selling them at target last year for dudes and that's the one he tried on I think. Yeah, it was um, like a, it was like a pink pride romper. It was I like think. a pink romper at tar- Target. Yeah. <laughs> Which might have admittedly been a little too expert level for my first romper. Maybe, yeah, maybe a Target yeah, maybe. brand, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I've had rompers before, and I just always felt like I was wearing pajamas. But uh, I really wanted just like a basic like coverall utility jumpsuit, like a fu- like it's like a fucking Dickies jumpsuit. Uh, and I'd looked at it forever and ever, and then last week I was just like, fuck it, whatever, I'm buying it. And I did. It's yeah. the greatest purchase I've made in a long time. I love it. Yeah, I that's, that is the kind of shit that I love. Like, I'm super into ascots, and, like, my, I wear more ascots than neckerchiefs. Um, and the ascot is an outdated. I mean, Paul F. Tompkins wears them casually and formally often, and I think he is the only other... <laughs> Human, I really see. Where <laughs> well, it's, it's him and Freddy uh, from Scooby Doo. 
I mean, I've yeah. been a lot of ascots on high schoolers when I used to work in the costume shop with my mom, but uh, yeah. those yeah. were period pieces. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I have, you know, they were very prominent in the 60s and 70s, um, usually as more of a casual thing. And so I am trying to single-handedly bring them back because they're fun. Uh, and I like pairing them with, you know, denim jackets or also a suit. Like, you can go either way. Um, but again, like, that's the one thing of, like, I I probably can't, air quote, pull them off because in theory, no one in 2020 should be able to pull it off, but I still do because I think they're fun. And honestly, when I have worn them out, I've gotten a lot of like compliments and stuff of just like, oh man, I wish I could do that. And I'm always like, you can, I give you permission. Go for you can, it. can, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually. How many ascots it- do you own, Brandon? Go for it. Um, I own a few things that I could turn into an ascot. But no official, like, official ascots. (laughs) They are paddle-shaped. We might actually. They would be in the storage unit with the rest of my costumes, but we might actually have some ascots in our our life. You know, actually, Brett, that that, that, uh, leads me to a a good question. What's the difference between an ascot and a neckerchief? So a neckerchief is like a bandana. It's a rectangular. rectangle or a square piece of fabric that you then... Like roll up and then just tie around your neck and have like you know the um the ends of it like a boy scout like the ends of it kind of just like dangling or tucked. Um, an ascot is an actual specific. It is paddle shaped like it is thin in the middle and then it flares out on both ends and the and so you wrap it around your neck and then it's always meant to be tucked into a shirt. It's not meant. It is not meant to be free flowing because it looks ridiculous. I mean, honestly, it probably doesn't. You can do whatever you want. It looks like a concave bow tie. Yeah, yeah. Shape wise, babe, like if you laid it down. But honestly, if you took a bow tie and just made it like four times bigger, that's an ascot. In that's a way. an ascot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. And if you watch like Gilligan's Island, it's Mister, ha- uh, you know, Thurston Howell the Third wears them all the time. Um, yeah, because he had a whole collection of them with him on that boat when they wrecked. Yeah. Um, that's because Thurston Howell the Third is a prepared gentleman. I mean, honestly, style goals. To be honest. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're right, though, baby. You can. Uh, using a neckerchief for an ascot is the kind of thing you can kind of, like, fake it if you're trying to work your way up to ascots. It's mm. a good entry point. It's a good entry point. I, I mean, like, say, bandanas uh, are super in right now because oh, of, the yeah. cor- of the quarantine. I mean, they make a good face mask slash, you know, just pull it down around your neck and then you have a good uh, accessory. <laughs> That occurred to me the other day uh, when I was out walking around and, like, everybody is dressed like it's River City Ransom now. But, like, I was walking around. I'm like, I don't I don't hate being able to just, like, it being a little more socially acceptable for dudes to wear neckerchiefs at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always, like I said, my, my style already kind of skewed towards, you know, the misanthrope in a sci-fi show. So the, uh, <laughs> the neckerchiefs and, and the jumpsuit are all just working towards that. I don't need to buy a new wardrobe yeah. for the apocalypse. Actually, one of the reasons I got the jumpsuit is that um, I'm always I'm always really influenced when I watch fashion shows. I've been watching Making the Cut. And, oh yeah, it's uh, great. One of the one of the women on there, um, uh, G, she wears a lot of jumpsuits, and I just like kept yeah. seeing hers, and I was like, they look fucking fire, and I want one. Fuck it. <laughs> For all of our listeners and myself included who don't know what that show is, what's that show? <laughs> it's Amazon's. Uh, Heidi and Tim are now so when so when Harvey Weinstein sexually assaulted and raped a bunch of women, uh, the Weinstein Company dissolved, and the Weinstein Company was the production company behind Project Runway. And so when the production company dissolved, Lifetime lost the rights to Project Runway. So Bravo bought them back, and when they bought them back, they did not want to renegotiate with Heidi and Tim. So they were like, "Well, we are free agents," and they went to Amazon, who gave them a fuck ton of money. And now making the cut is Heidi and Tim's fashion show uh, that they do. And they're releasing, they're releasing, they're still currently coming out. They come out every Friday. A new one came out yesterday that I have not watched yet. But uh, then like the winners, because I mean, it's great for them. I think it's a smart partnership with Amazon because it means that they like put things up on Amazon for sale right away. The winning look Um, goes on sale and they sell out immediately. It's wild. And all the profits go to the designer. Oh, damn. I also think it's cool that part of that, part of doing that, though, is that kind of what we were talking about is that one of the focuses is that every week the designers have to make a quote unquote accessible look. 
which mm-hmm. is cool because I think that's a lot of the things on a lot of fashion shows. They're they're wonderful and fascinating to watch, but they do feel very intimidating and inaccessible high fashion to people. And I think seeing people who make high fashion making these accessible products is really great. Like, I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, it's... A, it's so, like, Project Runway, and I still love it, um, it Project Runway has always been kind of in the middle. Uh, Next in Fashion, which is Netflix's uh, fashion show with Tan France and Alexa Chung, is, like, above that, like, nothing... Nothing on that show could ever walk down a street without turning literally every head. Everything on there was avant-garde. <laughs> like, and so, and then making the cut is kind of both of those styles in one because it has like the more accessibility of a Project Drumway, but it has the more avant-garde of a Next in Fashion paired together. So it's it's cool. Next in Fashion was great as well, and the only time I've ever seen a judge just like throw a fit because he didn't want someone to go home. It was great. Uh, yeah left the set it was great it was it was beautiful and it was also one of the things and this i'll stop talking about fashion shows in a minute but i've been watching (laughs) uh, no i've been watching making the kind one of those things i don't understand maybe this is common in the fashion industry but i don't understand because i think this was the case on next in fashion as well too that like a couple of the people just like didn't know how to sew and that is always wild to me um and i don't know maybe that's a lot more common in the fashion world but i feel like if you're going to be on a a contestant on a show like you should know even i know i grew up in a costume shop and i know the basics of sewing <laughs> like it is true know. because so like they they did this whole so i'm making the cut they have seamstresses that work for them overnight and they did yeah. that because they wanted to make a point of like actually a lot of designers you know design the clothes but they don't actually physically make them and project runway has put you know 18 years of project runway has put this false notion in our heads of like oh well calvin klein's definitely sitting down in the sewing machine and making all that making all the originals definitely not the case no. ralph lauren never knew how to sew but ralph lauren is obviously the most famous american designer of all time <laughs> uh but the problem with making the cut and i've learned this from because i've been interviewing the winners every week and so, like, when Esther, I don't know, spoiler alert for episode one of Making the Cut, she comes into the workroom after their first night, and the seamstress just completely botched her look, and she had to remake it in two hours before the runway. And so when I talked, and she won, but when I talked to her about it, she was like, yeah, usually when you work with seamstresses, they're there with you side by side, and you get to talk to them, and it's a dialogue back and forth. It's not this weird, you hand it off at the end of the day, and then you come back and hope the you know the the elves overnight finished it. So making the cut like is a little bit more accurate, but it still has a ways to go. Yeah, and it's also the 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 other weird thing about not working with a seamstress next to you is that there are some common sense things that just don't get done. Like there's again another spoiler. Sorry, I'll suck it up. There's an episode where like somebody was supposed to put stuff in two bags for the seamstresses, but he put it in one, and so only. Half their shit got done, and it's like, did was there really nobody using common sense? Was it really I that know. structured? Like, so it's like Sabato's seamstress is just sitting there, like, well, I guess I got nothing to do. And then Sanders is like, right next to him, being like, I have twice the amount of work, and they just couldn't figure that out. I guess, yeah. It's so stupid. I, I, and it's wild. So to petty. Me. Like, was there not an overnight producer? And if so, was the overnight producer that petty? <laughs> yeah. Like, nope. Rule says, gotta gotta put things in the right bags, just like in the fashion industry. You know, fashion designers always talking about got to put things in the right bag. You know, I, th- I think another a- another issue that people run into when they're trying to get into into fashion or 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 dressing better is the issue of cost. Oh God! And you know, we've been talking a lot about like you know big designers and stuff like that, but like you 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 can look great on you know and not spend a kajillion dollars. Which uh, Brett, you you've you seem like you, you make a you, a point of on your post of saying like where you got stuff from, and it's all it all seems pretty accessible. It's try it's been depressing. Um, trying to get more into menswear and seeing, you know, following people that like, oh, I love this shirt from Drake's because Drake's is a fucking great brand. But it's like, oh, that is a basic ass chambray shirt, and it is four hundred dollars for some reason, and I. Or, like, their amazing neckties are all $150 to $200 for a tie. And I go to Century 21, and I get original penguin ties for $12. So it it, there, it is such a mindfuck. The whole price aspect of it is such a mindfuck. Oh. 
I do wish we had Century 21 out here. Oh, I love Century 21. Uh, we used to have an original penguin at the mall here, but it closed and it completely wrecked my fashion see? game. That's so like, I, I try to be more open about that. And then also more like, sometimes I'll go to those stores and just walk around like, oh, now I feel bad because I can't afford any of this stuff. It's because, and I have to tell myself, well, you know what? It's because I did not go into being a lawyer or a doctor, which is what a lot of the menswear people I follow on Instagram are all a bunch of lawyers. So obviously I have the money to buy this stuff and get all these bespoke suits and whatnot. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a bonobos person. I'm a penguin person. Less so now. Their, their, their aesthetic has shifted a little bit, it seems. But maybe I'm not going to. I'm going to the outlet, and that has different stuff than the actual. So I need to go to a flagship. Um, Uniqlo is great for, you know, just basics. And I discovered proper cloth, which is where, like, you go and you get fitted, and they uh, make shirts custom-made to your measurements, um, and they're only a hundred to a hundred and fifty a shirt, which for a shirt that is going to um, not be too short or too long on my arms, and also go around my spare tire, um, you know, <laughs> for for a shirt that's actually going to fit me and then last and be made of quality material, I am fine with saving up the money to spend hundred and fifty bucks on a shirt because it is versatile. Um, Absolutely, I think that's something that women tend to learn first in a way. Just because society, well, societally, <laughs> we're like more pre, we're more steered towards fashion culturally, whether or not. Yeah, you have to look presentable at all times in a way that men don't, which is stupid. Yeah, and also, and we're encouraged to be into into fashion when yeah. we're younger. You know, it's not discouraged for us. But I think that's a thing that we, especially like in your mid twenties as a woman, you tend to get to the point where you're like, okay. I can keep buying a really cheap shirt from Forever 21 and have it wear out in three months and keep buying these shirts every three months, or I can just spend 80 bucks on a really nice work shirt that I'm going to have for five years. Like, and it's just like the fast fashion industry really does kind of allow you to buy a lot of cheap clothing, but it doesn't last. It, It rips in three seconds. Yeah. And then it becomes really bad, like eco waste and it fucks up the environment. Like it's very, it's very much a huge problem. And it's kind of like the difference between like having instant gratification of like going and getting it right now or just being like, no, 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 wait four weeks, put aside 20 bucks a week, you know, and instead of, instead of spending 20 bucks on H&M a week on a bunch of junk, put that 20 bucks aside. And then at the end of the month, buy one nice shirt that's going to last you a long time. Yep. I even had to learn that with jeans. I mean, jeans oh, yeah. seem like such a basic thing, but especially with like, I work in labor and it's like, look, some people are like, I can't believe you went to work in $90 jeans. And I'm like, yeah, but that's because when I was buying $20 jeans, I was going through three pairs of jeans every month because they yeah. were they were ripping at the knees as soon as I went down to work. So yeah, I spent $90 on jeans, but I'm only buying two pairs a year. Now, I will also spread the gospel of uh, men, or, I mean, literally everyone. Um, I do think that, I don't know if this is weird. Um, I think men, since men are, since male identifying people, well, since cis men who are born, oh my God, I'm just trying. Basically, men are told from a young age, don't care about clothes. It's gay to care about clothes. It's stupid. doesn't make you feel good. Don't worry about it. Just put on some cargo shorts and go. Um, You never get to experience the joy of getting a suit made to fit your body that I can preach of the fact that like, it makes you feel powerful. And it's all societal stuff of us, like, I don't know, arbitrarily assigning this pant and jacket makes you feel powerful and within the context of our society. But it does. Um, but it's the society we live in. So. Yeah, so you kind of have. And if you can get a fucking. Dress for the society you have, not the society you want. Yeah. No, so I, that I disagree I, with. <laughs> I got a bad, I got a really awesome suit from Suit Supply that was made to measure that I totally custom tricked out. Um, this was all an accident. I thought that I had made a reservation with just the person that was going to take a suit off the rack and like figure out how to tailor it to fit me, but I accidentally made a I made a appointment with the made to measure area, uh, which the difference being price and it's twice as expensive to go made to measure. But when they so they told me that. There was a green double breasted suit I wanted, but it was in wool, which meant like winter and fall. But like in the made to measure section, they were like, we actually have that shade in a cotton, which means that you can wear it all year round. And then, you know, the versatility, like, chi-chi-ching, like went up in my head. I'm like, 
cool, yeah, I will pay more than a fucking MacBook Air for this suit, but I can literally wear it all year round. I got it customized. I'm a very sweaty, hot-running person, so I got it customized with, like, half-lined. I basically, like, made it to where I could get my money's worth, and I have gotten my money's worth. I wear it literally every chance I get, and it makes me feel great. And I don't have to worry about, like, oh, man, but the the legs are too long or the sleeves are too long, which is usually my problem because I'm a shorter person. So... I don't know. I I I think I think everyone should have one suit in your wardrobe that you know is like made for you. No one else has it. Uh, and suit supply is a really good option for that because they have really good designs, really smart designs. The tailoring experience was so much fun too. Like getting to talk to someone who like knows what like asking them questions of like why pleats like he was like how many pleats do you want and i was like i would normally say no pleats but why pleats and like he actually had answers of like the history of like italian tailoring and like you know why pleats exist and it was cool to learn all that stuff and then actually make it you know quasi shotgun informed decisions of like yes one pleat each like nice it's fun yeah and i think for people who are not ready to like take the step of like getting real custom you can even find just like a suit you like at even god brandon your suit for uh our wedding we just found at macy's but we went and made sure the pants were tailored and like it was a small step it was the first tailoring that you'd ever like really done outside of like your regular suits that you don't wear we have those regular suits that we went and bought at like brooks brothers but like they weren't you they were something you felt like you had to have when you yeah. were able to like make that yeah. choice of something that you really wanted and get it tailored, you still wear that suit all the time. And every time you wear that suit, people are like, "Damn, you look good in that suit." And I'm like, "Yeah, I married his ass in that." <laughs> that's that's yeah. The... I've got that one, and I've got this other suit I got from Penguin that's green plaid. Yeah, that's I love that. And when I first saw it, I was like, "This is fucking ridiculous. I I, I shouldn't even try that on." He was like, "Is it too much?" And we were all like, "No, absolutely." Buy I it. I posted I posted it on my Instagram while I was in the fitting room and have never gotten that many responses that fast on any other post. (laughs) It's the balance of like, I do understand that your first suit should be a Navy or a gray. Like it should be because job, they're versatile of like job interview, funeral, wedding, like you can wear them everywhere. But I'm also like, when I went and got a suit made for me, I was like, I want it to be green. I want it to be double-breasted. I want it to have purple lining. Like, it was... It's satisfying. And so, like, I, I also kind of just encourage, like, go nuts. Like, do what you want. And also, the thing is, is unless you go nuts, you're going to live your entire life um, with the urge to go nuts, but you never do. And you'll never know if it was wrong for you. But if you do go nuts and like do buy something crazy and wear something crazy, then you'll actually be testing it out. And you'll be able to see like, no, this didn't make me feel as good as I thought it should. Or, you know, I didn't actually get that much use out of that. It wasn't a good spin. Like, and then you know not to do it that time. Like you have to take risks in order to learn. And then, you know, and honestly, if, if your risk is, oh my God, I wore orange and purple to the office. <laughs> like it's such a low, clothing is usually it feels like it should be a more low impact risk in a way. And it also, it also like if anyone comes for you because of clothes you're wearing, they look stupid. <laughs> that's much. Yeah, they do. Which by the way, this is just my short side PSA. Don't police what women wear. Fuck you. Ever. Don't police what anyone God. wears. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about like suits and fancier stuff, but for, like a day-to-day stuff. You also do a great job just like making vintage X-Men t-shirts work and shit. And personally, I love vintage stuff. I find a lot of great stuff at just like the thrift store or clothing swaps. Um, I think if you have a lot of like, if you have some great pieces you really like, you can kind of wear it with anything. You've got a great denim jacket that yeah. you make fucking lots of shit look great with, with your pins and... Thanks, yeah. See, that is the... So like I, I used to do this thing on my podcast where I would take... I would ask... Uh, my guests, like, what would you pair these basic as fuck items with? You know, what would you pair a nerdy t-shirt being one of them? Because we all have nerdy t-shirts in our in our closets. And it's always like, how do you make those look cool or work so that you don't just look like the comic book store guy? Not that there's, not that there's anything wrong with that at all. But it's like, if you want to stand out a little more, 
I think like for me, like making sure they fit because I think the mistake a lot of people make is getting a size up like than what they actually are. And I'm not an advocate for there's some, you know, fat shamey kind of things where it's like, don't ever wear horizontal stripes. Like, no, wear them. Who cares? Like, <laughs> wear horizontal stripes if you fucking want to. So it is like, if you consciously do want to wear a larger size, mm-hmm. uh, 100% go for it. But I do think always consider how you look wearing a size, you know, down, <laughs> you know? Um, because having a, a t-shirt that fits, uh, I don't know, it makes it, it does automatically kind of like elevate it a little bit. But when it hangs to your knees... Well, and I think it's more length. I think uh, what I'm, like, width, like, width is fine. Like, honestly, if you want to have it billow out on the side, that's cool. But I think when the t-shirt looks like it's, when it's like a tunic or when it's, like, going down past your crotch, then it kind of has the connotation of, I'm a kid wearing my big brother's shirt. Like, <laughs> so. Mom bought this for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, I mean, even on that first season of Queer Eye and everybody was like, oh my God, the French tuck. And I was like, hi, did you never meet a girl circa 2000? Oh, just tuck it in and just the front because I'm pretty sure I've been doing that since I was 14. Yeah, it does make your legs look like longer. And I have very short legs. Like, oh my God, um, I'm a short person. Uh, I'm 5'6". I wear a lot of just normal tank tops and t-shirts all the time too. But if I tuck it in in the front, it looks a little more put together. And, like, I work a lot of times in comics, too, so, like, I have a lot of nerd shirts, but when I'm wearing it to a show and I need to look like a professional and not just a fan, I literally don't change anything, but I put a blazer over it. And all of a sudden, it just looks more professional. It looks, oh, you're themed because you're at Comic-Con. You've got a nerd shirt on, but you've got a blazer on. You don't look like you just walked in off the street and are just some fan. I can take a meeting with you. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of roll my sleeves up on anything because I'm just one of those people uh, that can't stand sleeves. Everything is always rolled halfway up. It's very simple to do. A good jacket will make a t-shirt. Like a a good denim jacket, roll the sleeves up on your denim jacket, grab some pins if you want, or a patch, or nothing even. And it makes it feel purposeful. Yeah. But it just like makes things a little bit more... uh, a little bit more unique in a way. Well, I, I think a lot of like like what you guys were just saying, I think to a lot of people that aren't that are more intimidated by fashion. I think that I think stuff like that can feel like this sort of like arcane art that you don't have any knowledge of. <laughs> yeah. You know, like 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 you have you would have had to go on the same you know journey that dr strange did only it's about figuring out different types of tux yeah that is what that is what menswear instagram is and a lot of the menswear people i love are the ones that rail against that because there are all those people that will like like a person i love will post a, a a fit pic or whatever and then their comments will be like your sleeve cuffs are too long why are there only two buttons buttoned on that you shouldn't mix high and low like brown shoes in the city what are you talking like that kind of stuff and it's all like guys i know like clinging to rules is your safety blanket but not everyone needs a safety blanket or not everyone needs that safety blanket so keep that shit to yourself like so like it is it is intimidating. Yeah, the idea that there are fashion rules too, it's it's so structured and it's so cultural and specific. Each individual like we act like there's these universal fashion rules when it really is personal. Every single person's rules for fashion are different. It's what you're comfortable with, it's what you feel cool in, it's what you feel comfortable in, it's what you you know want to present to the world. At the end of the day, I mean, it doesn't matter what somebody else's rules are. If you feel comfortable, if you feel like a badass in what you're wearing, fucking wear it. Yeah. And I, uh, it, it's all, it's just, it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. <laughs> like, I mean, I have like a ridiculous pin collection uh, just because I love, I always wear them on, you know, uh, I always wear them on blazers. Like, it's always, so like a lot of menswear traditional menswear stuff is all in the details because men's fashion doesn't change as quickly as women's fashion uh stereotypically gendered um women's and men's fashion and so i tend to have i tend to like more traditional male silhouettes i like a tie and a collared shirt and you know chinos or slacks um or jeans um but i i 
I find my expression through, I'll wear a strong guy pin or a paisley pocket square or something a little bit more fun and irreverent, which, you know, normally men wouldn't dare to do. Um, and it's also a cool way to just like sing, like, like a little bat signal in a way <laughs> of like, be, ask me about early 90s X-Force. You know? Brandon, when he wears the green suit, he's got a... a- pin of uh david byrne in the big suit and it shakes Ooh, yeah you know that that's a, that's actually become a pretty easy way to accessorize too is i've, I've got a fuckload of pins and it's it, it, it's a nice way to add just a little like oh here's more of your personality if you feel like you can't bring it out oh yeah but before we we wrap up, if if you had, and we know the answer to this because we know you, um, <laughs> to ask a very Mark Maroney question. Oh my god! Who are your guys? Who are your like like your your fashion icons? If you had to pick a couple. Oh my god! Well, uh, Martin Freeman is my number one uh, because Martin Freeman is my height, and he also went prematurely gray, which are the two things I've always been most self conscious about. And he's also daddy. The what? <laughs> Sorry, that was just me being thirsty. He's also daddy. That was just me being really thirsty. I apologize. Oh, my 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 best friend uh, works at the coffee shop below where he lives, and she's seen him a couple times. And every time, I'm just like, Ugh, and she texts me every time. He apparently he's lovely. He's delightful. Yeah, God, I love. He is one of the rare male celebrities that dresses himself. He doesn't really use a stylist ever, and he actually cares about clothes, and he loves talking about clothes. Which, in terms of like male Hollywood, there are a lot of best dressed men, and Martin Freeman goes off on this of like yeah they're best dressed because they have stylists that pick things out for them i shop like i do all this myself and i talk about Mm -hmm. it but no one ever talks to male celebrities about clothes ever so no one knows um but he's very mod he also takes a lot of bold risks he's always he's he's always pushing forward and changing and growing with his look while still being very traditionally masculine which is it's it which is the lane that i like being in is like taking traditionally masculine things but then putting gay twists on them or you know fun weird twists on them uh paul of tompkins does that great i love paul of tompkins if i if i had his money i would dress like him every day even in quarantine i would have a lot more like smoking jackets and like silk um like silk shirts and like uh velvet slippers and stuff it would be great but i don't uh i love i love his style um hell yeah paul feig is similar uh every day he does quarantine cocktails where he shows off another one of his suits and he's another there i love men that make suits not intimidating and people like paul feig and paul of tompkins do a really good job of getting dressed in a way that screams um victorian scrooge but (laughs) through their demeanor (laughs) through their like demeanor and the way they carry themselves they really make it seem accessible to everyone um also uh 70s bob newhart uh the bob newhart show is a style template for me because it's another it's another thing where he's it's classic yeah he's a very mild-mannered dude and i love the play between him being so like stuttery or stammery and like mild-mannered but he's always wearing loud blazers and like loud pants and it's because it's the 70s but it's also compared to the other men on the show he always looks more put together and purposeful and i love that because uh, he's got that button-down mind. Yeah, man, loves them button-down shirts too. Um, loves he loves wearing like pairing turtlenecks with double-breasted suits, which is all I love that. Um, turtlenecks are a thing we don't do as much anymore. I, which yeah. they could come back, and especially now because you can uh, roll them up and they can cover your mouth. Um, uh, I love turtlenecks. True. I own a couple. Um, I also love. I think the turtleneck might be like the most expert level piece of of men's fashion. <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess so. I don't think so. They're great. Uh, they, they're very versatile as well. Um, I also love uh, anytime Ben Falcone and Ryan Johnson go on press tours. I'm always stunned by what they wear, and I don't think Ryan Johnson works with a stylist. Ben Falcone might, and it's because again, I I gravitate towards guys that are look like they should be borderline schlubby because they are like shorter, rounder. Um, which is me. Uh, They're Hollywood writers. Yeah. Yes. And but instead, we live here. It's they, fine. We know what they but look instead like. They try. Like on the Knives Out special features, Ryan Johnson has this amazing corduroy blazer that like fits him so well. It's a really good whaling on the blazer. Like it's so, it's so good. And and it's like he doesn't have to 
the bar is so low that it's like he doesn't have to wear button-down shirts, but it's like his shirts fit him, and he knows that, and it's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, All right. So, oh, God, that's a lot, but yeah, I, I, I it's it, they're my, uh, they're my guys. Um, seventies, seventies, uh, Felix on the Odd Couple. <laughs> oh hell yeah, I, yeah. But yeah, so I think again, if we had to kind of recap what we were saying, I don't know, y'all live your best lives. If you want to try something, try it. Worst thing that happens is, like, you don't like it. You can always return things. Uh, if something doesn't work, try and get things that fit you. Uh, don't be afraid to experiment. Remember, nobody wants to start a fight. And if they do, I don't know, fight them. They're the asshole. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you retell that story, whether or not you reply or not to them, they will. that other person will always seem like an asshole. Yeah. That's, like, my theory <laughs> on Halloween costumes when people are like, what are you going to wear for Halloween? I was like, literally anything I want, because I could just go out there and be like, yeah, I could just go in my work clothes and be like, oh, I'm a stagehand. And then somebody else has yeah. to challenge me and be like, that's not a costume. And then they're the asshole. Yeah. It's like, why do you care? Why are you policing <laughs> it? It applies to fashion as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're the asshole if they're challenging. If you're saying, this is who I am, this is how I present myself, and they're saying, no, it's not. Really, they're the asshole. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is that is the main that is like the main truth of all humanity right now is when someone tells you who they are, just believe them. Like just start from a place of believing and then work through, wait a second. Like (laughs) five minutes ago, you said you didn't like uh, the movie alien. I have the text. I don't know. That's, that's a very pedantic, (laughs) but like when someone tells you a fundamental truth about who they are, like there is no reason to doubt that shit. And on that note, Brett White, thank you for joining us once again. Yeah. Can you tell us about your shows? Where can we get more Brett White content as we're all locked inside? You can find uh, Enlighten My Loafers. It's just the podcast. You can search for it anywhere. It's also on Instagram. Um, season three is, it's wrapped up or I don't know. Um, I did. So yeah, I rushed a season three out because of the quarantine and I got like six episodes done or five episodes done. Uh, and now I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what's going on next, uh, but I must have seen TV. My podcast about the sitcoms of the 20th century. We watch an episode and talk about it uh, with a guest every week. And I've been churning out about three episodes a week because it's a nightmare. And I just want an excuse to talk to people <laughs> and it's fun. This is uh, it's, it's a good time to talk about old sitcoms because it's a good distraction. And also, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White. At Brett White. Yeah. All right. And you can also hear our previous episode with Brett where we talked about 90s X-Men. I'm trying to figure out which episode that is very quickly, which is why I'm talking like this as I try to stall and open up the <laughs> open up the previous episode list. Episode Schmevin. Uh, episode five. Oh wow! March twenty sixth, twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. So it's been about three years since we talked to you about. This. Yeah, the last time I was in L A. Well, no, the yeah. last time I was in L A. Before I got my current job, I did go to L A. for DragCon last year. Um, oh but... yeah, that looked fun. And then uh, not this year because it got canceled. Like everything has gotten canceled. Yeah. Nobody's really got anything to plug because we're not allowed to leave the house. So. <laughs> This quarantine has made the ending of podcasts so weird. Go to my Instagram and just find all of the content I'm yeah, putting Yeah, and out. yeah, so go to his go to his Instagram. You can check out some of Brett's cool looks, and you can <laughs> check out some quotes from people that he's interviewed, and check out Enlighten My Loafers if you want to know more yeah. about fashion, because Brett does a great job with these interviews. I've listened to I them. Try. I'm I'm here to compliment you and tell you that it's, it's a great, great interviewer, and I think that you... Uh, have created something interesting for those of us who want to know more about, you know, just fucking embracing. Thank embracing you. Truth. And there, there are women on the show as well. You do yes. also interview women. I do want to yes. let people know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is all, all facets of style. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on again with us, Brett. Thank you. So, yeah. Uh, all that being said, podcast over. No, podcast not over because I'm going to... Say one more thing. Uh, also, thank you uh, to Tiny Stills and Kaylin West for the use of our theme song. Uh, starting over is a lot like giving up off the album. Falling is like flying. You almost forgot about that. I did. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. And uh, that's it now. <laughs> okay. All of that being said, podcast over.